ecstatic kisses was St. John Paul II. The Rosary is a privileged occasion to pray with the Mother of God. Papa Wojtyła's catechesis at the general audience on the 28th of October 1981. The end of October, the month of the Holy Rosary, is approaching. I wish at this last general audience of October to refer to the first occurrence in this month. It was also the first general audience after the pause of several months caused by the event of the 13th of May. This audience, after the interval, took place on the day dedicated to the Blessed Virgin of the Rosary. At the end of October, I desire, together with you, brothers and sisters, to take a look at the simplicity and, at the same time, the depth of this prayer, to which the Most Holy Mother, in a particular way, invites us, spurs us, and encourages us. Reciting the Rosary, we penetrate the mysteries of the life of Jesus, which are contemporaneously the mysteries of His Mother. This is felt very clearly in the Joyful Mysteries, beginning with the Annunciation, through the Visitation and the Birth in the Night in Bethlehem, and then through the Presentation of the Lord, ending with the Finding in the Temple when Jesus was twelve years old. Although it may seem that the Sorrowful Mysteries do not directly show us the Mother of Jesus, with the exception of the last two, the Way of the Cross and the Crucifixion, how can we nevertheless think that the mother was spiritually absent when her son suffered in such a terrible way in Gethsemane at the scourging and the crowning with thorns. And the glorious mysteries are also mysteries of Christ in which we find the spiritual presence of Mary. First among them all, the mystery of the resurrection. Speaking of the ascension, Holy Scripture does not mention the presence of Mary. But how could she not be present if immediately after we read that she was in the upper room with the apostles themselves, those who had just before hailed Christ as he ascended to heaven? Together with them, Mary prepares for the coming of the Holy Spirit and participates at Pentecost in his descent. The last two glorious mysteries orientate our thoughts directly towards the Mother of God, when we contemplate our assumption and coronation in heavenly glory. The Rosary is a prayer regarding Mary, united to Christ in his salvific mission. It is at the same time a prayer to Mary, our best mediator before the Son. And finally, a prayer that in a special way we recite with Mary, just as the apostles prayed together with her in the upper room preparing themselves to receive the Holy Spirit. This is what I want to say to you about this prayer that is so dear at the end of October. In doing so, I turn to all those who through their prayer, not only the prayer of the Rosary, but also the liturgical prayer and every other prayer, have sustained me during these past months. I have already given thanks for this on other occasions. I gave thanks too during the first general audience of this month, but the expressions of this gratitude will never be enough. 
Today, therefore, I desire to manifest once again my thankfulness, realizing how much I owe to all those who have sustained me and still continue to sustain me through prayer. The major part of this support is known only to God, but in this period I have received thousands and thousands of letters in which people from every part of the world have expressed to me their participation and assured me of their prayers. Today I would like, among the many, to read only one, that by a girl who wrote to me. Dear Papa, I hope you get well soon, so that you can return to reading the Gospel and the Word of God. I know that you have forgiven the man who hurt you, and so I too want to forgive those who spy on me or kick me. May I always be good, and may there be peace everywhere. Towards the end of St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, we find the following words. Be strong in the Lord, and in the vigour of his power. Clothe yourselves in the armour of God, so as to be able to resist the snares of the devil. Our battle, in fact, is not against creatures made of blood and flesh, but against the principalities and the powers, against the rulers of this world of darkness, against the spirits of evil that live in celestial regions. So, hold always in your hand the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Moreover, pray unceasingly with every sort of prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being vigilant to this discovery with all perseverance, and praying for all the saints, and also for me, so that when I open my mouth, a frank word may be given me, so as to make known the mystery of the gospel, of which I am an ambassador in chains, and that I may announce it with frankness as is my duty. During the first audience of October, I gave thanks, making reference to the Acts of the Apostles, because incessant prayer by the Church arose to God for him, that is, for Peter. Today I have recalled the words of the letter to the Ephesians so as to ask, as did Paul, for continued prayer, that it may now be given to me anew to resume service to the Gospel. It is a service of truth and of love, a service in regard to the Church and, at the same time, in relation to the world. The author to the letter of the Ephesians says that this service of truth is, at the same time, an authentic struggle against the spirits of evil, against the rulers of this world of darkness. It is a struggle and a fight. The Second Vatican Council also speaks of this fight in the Constitution Gaudium et Spes with the following words. The whole of human history is in fact pervaded by a tough struggle against the powers of darkness, a struggle begun at the origin of the world and that will last, as the Lord says, until the last day. Placed in this battle, man must fight tirelessly to adhere to the good, and only at the cost of great effort, with the help of God's grace, can he attain his own inner unity. For this reason the Church of Christ, 
trusting in the plan of the Creator, while recognizing that human progress can serve to help, must also make resonate the Apostle's saying, Do not desire to be conformed to this world, namely, to that spirit of vanity and malice, which overwhelms human activity into an instrument of sin, which was ordered instead to the service of God and man. And then the Council Fathers teach, Therefore, if you wonder how such a miserable situation can be overcome, Christians affirm that all human activities, daily put in danger by pride and disordered love of self, must come to be purified and rendered perfect by means of the cross and resurrection of Christ. In taking up anew my service, after the test that divine mercy granted me to overcome, I turn to everyone with the words of St. Paul. Pray for me, so that when I open my mouth, a frank word may be given to me to make known the mystery of the gospel. The personal experience of violence has made me feel more intensely the closeness of those who in any place on earth and in any way suffer persecution for the name of Christ, and also the closeness of all those who suffer oppression for the holy cause of man and of dignity, for justice and for peace in the world, of those finally who have sealed their fidelity with their death. Thinking about them all, I repeat the words of the Apostle in the letters of the Romans, None of us lives for himself, and none of us dies for himself, because if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Thus, whether we live or whether we die, we are in the Lord. For this, Christ died and rose to life, so as to be the Lord of the dead and the living. These words are also for us preparation for the great solemnity of All Saints' Day and the commemoration of the 2nd of November, on which we remember all the faithful departed. <laughs>